Greetings. I am Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson. I am the co-pastor of the Emerging Hope Ministries in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'm coming to you this afternoon from the Lotus Flower Podcast. The Lotus Flower Podcast aim is to educate, empower, and equip our listening audience with culturally relevant, spiritually uplifting educational topics. The symbolic meaning of the lotus flower is that it grows in deep mud, far away from the sun. But sooner or later, the lotus reaches the light and it begins to bloom and it begins to blossom into the most beautiful flower ever. Its characteristics are perfect. They're perfect. When you look at the analogy of the human condition and you compare them to those of that lotus flower, you see that sometimes we as humans are struggling. Sometimes we as humans are buried beneath a mountain full of problems. Sometimes we are, as humans are presenting one way on the exterior, but on the interior, it is chaos. Just like the modus flower, it appears one way, but when you take off the blinders and you look at the layers that need to be peeled away after that pushing goes forth, the resiliency goes forth, the effort goes forth, and it begins to bloom and blossom beyond whatever obstacles are in the way, that's just like a human life. It depicts the very essence of the beautiful lotus flower that is the center of the logo for the Emerging Hope Lotus Flower broadcast. Yes, the lotus flower. It's beautiful, just like the lives of those that are guests on this podcast. Their lives are beautiful just as well. Their lives are full of fragrance and aroma that fills the atmosphere wherever they find themselves because they are atmosphere changers and they are risk takers and they are beautiful lotus flowers. Our guest today, she knows a little bit about what it means to be a lotus flower. However, before I introduce our guest today, I want you to be sure to 
subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. And when you subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast, you'll be sure never to miss an episode. That episode will be waiting right for you in your inbox. So subscribe today to the Lotus Flower Podcast and help us reach our goal of 700 subscribers by the end of this year. Yes. Once again, we have a guest today that is no stranger to me. She is a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, as well as she has been my hairdresser from time to time. Lalani Wilhite has been one that has been breaking barriers through prayer, through faith, and through listening to the voice of the Lord. Lalani, as a young girl, was thrown into foster care and adoption with no family, no structure, no stability or guidance. Lalani was left feeling confused, lost and defeated. Lalani has written a book regarding her experience from childhood up to adulthood. She says, I had no one to help me figure out how to fit in and how to shift through the hurt and the pain and make sense of what was going on in my world. She said, I cried out to Jehovah who listened to me. He took my hand and walked me through this thing called life. He showed me that I didn't have to live through my past. He showed me a way out of pain and suffering. Lalani says that the Lord has blessed her. He has blessed her beyond measures and he has blessed her to become the best version of herself. At the age of 24, Lalani opened the doors of Dream of Kalamazoo Salon. She is the owner and she is the creator, founder, and the dream catcher of the salon. Why do we say dream catcher? Because it was at one time only a dream. And Lalani caught the dream and ran with it. Not only is she the owner of Dream of Kalamazoo Hair Salon, she is also a licensed cosmetology instructor, a licensed cosmetologist, and she is a renowned author. God never left me. He was my example 
My father showed me the way and I followed. I survived it all. And now I'm going to tell and I'm going to show and I'm going to live in such a way that I will be an example for others to let them know that there is nothing too hard for God. I want to encourage you in our listening audience to be sure to purchase your copy of Lalani's award-winning book entitled, I've Already Made It, Breaking Through Barriers Through Listening, Prayer, and Faith. Also, Lalani has a workbook that goes right along with the book. This companion workbook to I've Already Made It is designed to give you a platform to be honest with yourself about life. Its goal is to examine past and current situations that have shaped you in hopes that it will prompt you to write your own life stories for reflection or as a source from which others can draw inspiration. We may share similar stories, but no one's story is quite like yours. So be sure to purchase your book, I've Already Made It by Lalani Wilhite, as well as the companion workbook. And I will let Lalani tell you where and how you may go about purchasing those books. As we begin our conversation today with Ms. Wilhite, I'm going to let her use this platform to allow the Holy Spirit to minister through her in words, in whatever way that he would feel led to. I am so honored to have you here this afternoon. We've been trying to get this interview set and we keep rescheduling and rescheduling and rescheduling, but I was definitely not going to stop until I had you on this podcast because you are one amazing woman (laughs) and your story has to be told even more than it already has been. And thank you for joining us. Of course, of course. I'm very happy to be here. I appreciate you allowing me to be on this platform. So I'm I'm ecstatic to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You have done so many interviews. I've list, I've when I was researching you for the podcast and all, I I kept your name kept coming up. It kept coming up in all these interviews. I said, man, she has done so many interviews. She should be quite a natural at this. But you know how that goes. If even we do a thousand interviews, it seems like the next one you do, you're still nervous and uncertain and don't know what you're gonna say and how it's gonna go. But that's, you know what, that's when we allow the Holy Spirit to step in and do the speaking for us. We say, yes, and then he gets the glory out of it all. Yes, he does. Yes. So I want you to tell us, first of all, how can they get a copy of your workbook and your your book? Okay, so you can get a copy of the book and the workbook if you go to Leilani.com. That's L-A-L-O-N-I-E. Dot com. You can also purchase it on Amazon by typing in I've already made it and it will direct you straight to it and you can purchase it from there. 
Okay, thank you. Thank you. So as we start our discussion this morning, can you tell us a little bit about, about why you wrote this book, I've Already Made It? Why did I write the book? Okay, so first of all, I want to let you guys know that I am pretty much not a, you know, I don't really write books. I don't write pretty much anything. I mean, I was in uh, honors English uh, in uh, high school, so I can write. <laughs> I'm very good with words, but uh, never did I even imagine that I would even be writing a book. So the book was definitely inspired by, uh, by God. He definitely led and directed me to write this book. Uh, I would say there was inspiration once I reached out to him to ask for guidance as far as who I was as, a, as an individual, because at that time in my life, I really didn't know who I was as a woman. I was married, I had children, and I still did not know who I was. And so um, reaching out for direction to try to uh, see who I, who I was is when this book was cultivated. Um, so, and it was inspired. So uh, after reaching out to him, the Holy Spirit started working on me for a couple of months. And then within those couple of months, um, he was giving me the, um, I would say the breadcrumbs as to what needed to be in the book. And then from there, I, in 2000 and I'll say in 2011, 2012 is when I started actually formulating the book. Okay. And when you, when you wrote the book, cause I've, I have the workbook and the book that I've used uh, myself and I've used with some some of the clients that I've served. And when I when you wrote the book, however, um, why were you um, so inclusive about your own uh, personal life in in the throughout the entire book? Was which was just beautiful, but why was it important for you to include the in this book? Almost a lot of it is pertains to your own life and where you started as a child and all the way up to as as an adult woman right now oh, okay uh, what what I felt was really important in this book was for you to, you guys to really understand the the definition of really making it in life I know a lot of people feel like the money the same things like that is what's what makes you make it but really making it is not necessarily having all of that and so I wanted to take you guys down the road of my personal life because I was in foster care and adoption system and I felt like going through all of the the very traumatic things that I that I've went through in my life I felt like you guys could take um, take inspiration from that, um, not in the personal aspect of the foster care and adoption, but that we all have very traumatic issues that we go through uh, in life. And mm -hmm. so I felt like you guys could pull from that, those, um, those experiences off of your own personal ones to help you further understand how you could get out of it and actually walk into some light um, that's, that's at the end of the tunnel. Hey, that that makes perfect sense, and um, you know, uh, throughout history, God, God has used women to fulfill many, many strategic purposes. Now, when I look at the example of you, Lalani, and your life story that you've written in this book, I can see that you have taken many risks, many risks 
to get to where you are and to actually fulfill your God-given destiny. Now on the way to writing the book and taking the risk, sometimes we might think, well, it's, it is impossible. It seems like I've got so many barriers up against me. And so how can I feel that I've already made it? Was there a time that you felt that you were, your back was against the wall and, and that you did not feel the title, I've already made it? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I, I remember one situation um, that happened, very personal situation, and it's actually in the book. But I don't, but I, I've heard a lot of people talk about how um, life has gotten so hard to where I know a lot of people have tried to commit suicide and just really tried to end their life and different things like that. I mean, to me, that's the end. That's when you, that's when you're really tired. Mm -hmm. When you read do go to that magnitude of, of ending your current state um, because it's so, it's so hard and, 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 and traumatic to where you can't really push through. Mm -hmm. That's something that I experienced. Yes. I wrote a book and I, and I really um, want to inspire, inspire people who've ever felt that way to really read um, I've Already Made a Book because I talk about that. That was probably the 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 most the hardest time in my life was when I myself wanted to end my life, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and and I would have never even thought that I would do something like that. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? But yeah. I got to that point, and it took somebody that had that, that that loved me, that that saw better in me, that knew that I could persevere through this, and I can come out stronger to help motivate me and stop me from that, from doing something like that. And I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm very, very happy that I had my mom in my life to help me get through that very traumatic situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I talk about it more in depth in the book, mm -hmm. but definitely that was probably the hardest time in my life because I've never thought that I would even go to that magnitude of wanting to end my life. But yet by the grace of God, I made it through I'm still here, so I did not even do it, but I'm thankful and happy and blessed that I'm still here today and able to even write the book so you guys could read all about it. So, yes. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. And a little bit about how you came out of that and began to realize that I've already made it. I heard you say you had a support system and one being in your, your mom. Now, what else helped to caused you to do a paradigm shift from being negative, thinking I've got to end my life to coming over to the point where I can know that I've already made it. What other things or things were in place to make, only, make it possible? So not only was it the support system um, by my mom, but it was actually, I'm not going to lie to you, it was really the strength of God it was really him because after she, you know, kind of shook me up and, you know, spoke life in me, I then reached out to a, a source that was even higher than her because I realized although she, she was able to give me the inspiration to pull out of it, she still couldn't really lead me into the next steps of my life. So then I went into prayer and then from me going into prayer, um, God eventually laid things out before me to where it was easier for me to move into the next levels in my life because I actually reached out for that direction. And so 
I would say that that's really what did it for me. That was really the ultimate, um, the ultimate thing that actually helped me get through to the next level to making it, to making it. Making it is having God. Making it is really pulling from that strength. Mm-hmm. And we all have to tap into that a little bit more because that's true. That's true happiness, true peace, true love, true destiny. Yes. Amen. I totally agree. So, so was there a person or did you yourself lead your lead yourself to, you know, the Lord and, and his help? Or was there a person that told you, well, you need to reach out to the Lord at this time in your life? How, how did you know to reach out to him as mm. a source of help? That's a good question. That's a really good question. So I, re- I talk about it in the, in the book. So I recommend you guys to get that book, Leilani.com. But what happened was when I was a young girl, I was a very young girl. Um, I used to go to church with my, with my foster parents. So I was in foster care for um, many years and I went through different foster homes and adoptive homes. But in one particular house is where I really suffered a lot of abuse. And in that situation, I didn't have a, I didn't have family. So when you're in the system, um, depending on how your upbringing was, um, is everybody's story is a little different. But for mine, I didn't have family. I didn't have a mom. I didn't have a dad. I didn't, I had a brother, but he was younger than me. Um, and I did have uncles and aunties that actually was very supportive and, and was there for me. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was thrown out here in this world, left to try to navigate it and to figure it out, figure it out on my own at five years old. Oh, so man. I'm I'll never forget um, one day I was in a room and this was after I had suffered some abuse in this home, um, but I didn't, didn't have anybody to talk to. But I do remember going to church and reaching out to, a, to something um, bigger than me. <laughs> and okay. I, adult, I would see the adults reaching out to something that was bigger than them. Okay. So I'm okay, well, I'm going through all this stuff, you know, as a young child, I believe I was about maybe... Um, maybe seven at this time. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking out the window and I, and I said, I said, Lord, I don't, I was like, I don't know who you are, but please don't leave me. Okay. Please. Leave me. And I just wanted him to help me through, but I didn't know really who I was talking to, mm-hmm. but I like, something out there that's, that's bigger than me, bigger than this situation that could help me where I don't have the support or the parents, there's something that can help me. And I'm not going to lie to you. Ever since I reached out to him at a very, very young age, Mm -hmm. very young age, Mm -hmm. he has been the, my navigation system throughout life. And so that's why I'm so big and I'm very um, vocal and um, about making sure we reach out to that source because, and cultivating that relationship, because Mm -hmm. ultimately that's how you make it. That's how Yes. And you said you were seven years old when you reached out to that source that was bigger than you at seven. And because it sounds like you did it because you were observing these adults around you reaching out to this source. And so there must have been something real or something that 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 the spirit because the spirit is real. So the Holy Spirit must have tugged at your heart, even at the age of seven, as you watch those adults reaching out when you say to that source that was bigger we know now that you have words of what it was you didn't know what it was at seven but now you know it was the holy spirit you 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 it was in something in the atmosphere the holy spirit 
was moving. And I want you all to know that, that are listening, that the Holy Spirit is yet nudging you right now. You're in a situation where you're afraid and you don't know what to do, but there is a nudging. And that mm-hmm. nudging that's bigger than you, Lalani has told us what it is. It's the Holy Spirit. And when the nudging happens, that's when you have to do what? You got to say, okay, I give. Here I am. Help me, Lord. Help me. Don't leave me. And he will do just that. He said us in his word that he would never leave nor forsake us. He said, when your mother and father forsake you, he said, I will take you up. That means he will always be with you. Always, even until the ends of the world. And then Lalani, I'd like to know a little bit more about those risks that that you must have had to take. I would like to call them calculated risks. When you were a single mom, you know, just kind of moving ahead in history a little bit, and you had kids and you had some other things going on in your life that, that's written in the book, in order to move forward in life, there was some things that you had to say, okay, I'm going to really try this. I'm going to step out on faith. I may not have all the money. I may not have all the know-how. I may not have all the business clout to start a beautiful salon in which you've done. And my kids need me at this time. And I'm going through other situations with my marriage. But you said to yourself, I'm sure that I'm going to take a calculated risk, a leap of faith and move into my destiny. How did you do that? What things did you have to put aside? What thing, what risks did you have to take in order to fulfill your God-given destiny? And I really want women and men and girls and boys that are listening to listen intently because what God did for Lalani, he will do for you. Well, there are so many different risks uh, that I've taken But I would say that a lot of the different things that I've done in my life, as far as taking risk and just trying different things, I would say I was led to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in making sure we're led to do something versus just doing it just to do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you an example. Then I'll go right back into the question. Okay. So times we can think of something to do and we can just move on the thought that we thought, right? Yes. But did we really ask for direction or is that something that we really felt? Are we just doing it because other people are doing it or we've seen somebody do it and we feel like that's right for us? Mm -hmm. I feel like in situations like that, you will never win. Right. Never win looking at what somebody else is doing, how they doing it. And just jumping off of off of the very idea that you just want to do inside. Right. What I realized with me is I've always, for the most part, even though even though there are things that I've done that didn't necessarily work out, but mm-hmm. I would say in the, the the things that have happened in my life that has has been really has really been. I would say not just productive, but has really evolved into something much bigger than even what I imagined it to be mm-hmm. was from me actually feeling it inside so intensely and then asking God for the direction for the for that situation. Mm-hmm. And then from 
they're being patient Mm -hmm. and allowing him to allowing him to open the doors as I'm being patient. Mm -hmm. Once I'm patient after, after feeling that feeling of what I want to do, making sure I reach out and allowing him to open up the doors versus me opening up the doors. Mm -hmm. That's when it has always worked out. Okay. But I move too fast, too abruptly, even when I ask him for um, direction and then I'm literally opening up the doors by myself or mm-hmm. on my own. That's when it never works out. Right, right. So I would say when I reach out and I pray and I'm patient and allow him to do things and I'm able to walk in those doors effortlessly, that's from God. And I know that what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm supposed to be doing what I want to do. I'm supposed to do it. Yes. Yes. Versus versus if I reach out to him Uh and I try to orchestrate and facilitate on my, even though it's something that I want to do, I did not. And forcing those doors to open. Anytime you forcing those doors to open, even though you feel like it's for you, right. It's not for you. And you'll always fail. Right, right. That's good. That's excellent. And I like the way you put that, that when you try and do it yourself, then that's when the doors will not open and you're forcing and forcing and forcing and it's not going anywhere. But only when you trust the Holy Spirit to lead you through the door, you said it was effortlessly. It just opens in such a smooth way. And that is when we know it's the Holy Spirit. So when you're taking those risks, tell us about some of the risks that were involved or some of the trials or tribulations and difficulties that you had to put, go through in order to reach to where you are now. There's so many, oh my goodness. But I would have to say, I'll give you guys the most recent one, okay? So the most recent one would be, I was in my um, old location, a salon. It was a salon here in Kalamazoo. I was in an old location, but I kept feeling things in the salon just kept, it wasn't working out for me anymore. Um, It could be minor things, flooding, whatever, you know, different things in a salon that was happening that that really didn't used to happen, but it was happening. And so, you know, after um, that, some other things started happening. So it was, things were, were happening back to back to back. And mm-hmm. so in that moment, um, I felt like after a lot of back and forth um, with who I, you know, the, my contact, I realized that this is agitating. This is more of a headache than, you know, um, me progressing. Right. I felt right. that nothing. I knew it was time to go. Well, in me knowing it was time to go, I didn't have a location. I had less than a month to leave um, and I didn't have a location. I didn't have um, the funds to really be able to relocate and fix up a new location. I just didn't have it like that at that time. Okay. So um, I went out looking for different places to um, to purchase and, or to rent out and I couldn't find any place. And so I'll never forget one night I reached out to, to God <laughs> okay. and I was like, really, I was like, you know, I have less than a month to not only find a place, but fix up a place to actually get a place up and running for my clients. 
and I don't have a place and I need you to help me find a place in other words yes so that day the next day I ended up going out I was driving past a location that um had a salon space and I really wanted that space but Mm -hmm. it turns out that it really wasn't that space that God was leading me to. It was the space within the space. So it was the person who was buying the space Uh took me to another space only for that space to eventually be mine. And then from that, you know, um, he led me to different other other people that knew of the space within a two-day span that actually put in a really great word for me Mm -hmm. um, to get the location. So it all worked out in such a short period of time and God does answer prayers fast, yes. but some we have to wait for. That's right. Oh, that's a beautiful testimony. So it sounds like it was God's favor in your life that opened those doors for you. And sometimes people say favor ain't fear, but favor, the favor of God can open doors that are typically shut or doors that we can't even see how we're going to get through them. And another thing I heard you say is that you, you have strong faith that when you reached out to God, you believed in the, what the word says about faith, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen, even though you couldn't see your way around the corner, you couldn't see how that next day was going to happen and how the move was going to take place. You believed in the promises of God. And when you put God to his word, you tested him and said, prove your word, Lord. God proved his word to you. And he opened the doors and he put those people in place, a person that took you from one place to the next place. Now, I want people that are listening to see how this works. Lelani said that it was a way that she strategically did things. First of all, she sought the Lord. The Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God, first and foremost. And yes, she believed beyond measure that God was hearing her and that he was going to answer her prayer. She And she said she had patience and she waited and she took a leap of faith, meaning I'm going to leave this location. It's not working out and I'm going to take a leap of faith and I'm going to believe that it's going to happen and God did just that. Now it sounds really simplistic, but through it all, I'm sure that there was some worry, there was some stress maybe, maybe there was some uncertainty going on, but even in the midst of all of that, she still kept her hand in God's hand. So I would not trying to make make you think in our listening audience that God is like a genie in a bottle and you just say these little quick prayers and then all of a sudden things manifest there still is going to be that human element in it. You're still going to have your feelings. You're still going to feel like, no, it's not going to happen. Somebody might even say no a million times, but you still do what? Hold on to God's unchanging hand and still believe that he's going to do just what he said in his word. And he did that for Lalani. And we're thankful for that. Now, also, Lalani, I want to tell you what I see in in you. When I was at your salon, I was looking to have my hair done in an updo because I have a beautician that's in the Battle Creek, Michigan area that had moved to Texas. She had been doing my hair for, I'm, I'm not telling you, I'm telling you, it's been about 
30 years, I had the same beautician that would do my hair in these updos and beautiful styles. Well, she moved to Texas and, and here in Kalamazoo, I could not find anyone that could do this beautiful style. So I was looking and looking and looking and I came across Lilani. And oh my, I went to Lilani and she I took a picture of that style and you did it just to the T and even maybe a tad bit better. And so I was so pleased. And as I sat in your chair, you just began to, to minister to me. You might not have called it ministry, but I called it ministry, how you told me your story and how the Lord had took you from the foster care situation through all the other traumatic things in your life as a child. And he brought you out in a victorious miraculous way and I just I was back thinking like she has to be telling she cannot be telling me the truth because she doesn't look like any of this stuff at all and so I, and then I and then you said but I have the book here too and then um in the workbook and so I got the workbook and the book and um you know and it was so true what God had did how God had brought you out like it looked as if you weren't even um smelling of smoke you know how the scripture says that how he brought those the hebrew children out of that fiery furnace and when they came out they they weren't burned their clothes weren't burned they weren't smelling of smoke or anything it was just like when you told me that story i said man that was amazing what god did so god knitted my heart with your heart at that time because i was just thanking and praising him for his redemption and his mercy that he had for you. And I knew that if he could do it for you, then he could definitely do it for others. So inside, inside of you, you already know this, was a hidden treasure along with the endless possibilities. They were lying on the inside of you. And women that are listening and men know that there are hidden treasures, they're buried right there on the inside of you and they're waiting to be launched. They're waiting to be launched, but in order to launch them, you've got to take that leap of faith just like Lalani did. Okay, now Lalani, when you took the leap of faith, you wrote here in, in your book, in this chapter, particularly, in, and I don't know if you have the book in front of you, but I have it here. You wrote in the book here in chapter number 15, and it says the move. And you have a scripture quoted from Philippians chapter three, verses 13 through 14. And I'm gonna read that text first. And it says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And you wrote that as, as the introduction to chapter 15. And when you wrote further on down, you said, I set a moving date to move from Covington, Georgia in the springtime. I had already started getting things together after my son was born. I had everything in place so it would be an easy move. The day before the move, Brian Sr. and I packed everything up and said goodbye to our friends and our neighbors. We left out our apartment complex and got right on the highway and headed toward Georgia, leaving Michigan behind. 
I had a smile on my face a mile long because my husband was sitting right next to me and my baby was buckled securely behind me. And it was a 13 hour drive from Kalamazoo to Covington. It was a little long trip and you had your um, everything hitched to the back um, of the U-Haul and, and the Volvo that you were driving in. Now, the reason I read that is because you talked about moving. And when we just talked about how the Lord moved you from the salon that you were in into a much better salon, and I want you all to know that's beautiful. I've seen it on pictures on, on a Facebook and social media here. But when you did this move back here in chapter number 15, that was a, a, a tremendous leap of faith that you took. Now, do you recall that time and what was I, going on? I do. The Can you tell us a little bit more about it. The same agitation that I felt with the um, at the salon before I moved was the same agitation that I had experienced years ago. So I was familiar with the agitation and I knew that when I feel that feeling um, through having a relationship with him. So that's the, that's the common denominator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because of the relationship that I formulated with him personally, mm -hmm. I knew that when I feel those particular agitations, that there's something he's trying to tell me. Mm -hmm. So that move specifically, um, even I knew that he was trying to move me to something different. I just didn't really know, but I knew through the situations that was happening in my life. And at that time, I knew that um, it was time for a change. Mm -hmm. And so after the prayers and the, my, me thinking and the feelings that I kind of put together to, mm -hmm. to, to collectively come up with the decision, I knew that it was time to move, but I knew that it was it was a move that was led by God. Mm -hmm. And even, even though it was, it took so, um, the, the miles that were involved in it and traveling with a little young child and all of that, that in itself can, can, can be difficult. I'm sure I've traveled with young kids and whatnot. So what, what kept you, uh, sane to the point where you think, well, I'm strong, I can do this, you know? Well, let me tell you this. I, I really didn't think I can do it. <laughs> it, was okay. all, it was all, it was so, so unfamiliar. I, I didn't know no, nothing about Georgia. I didn't really have too much family there. So it was all very new. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was, it was uh, the, the thing that really um, helped me keep things together emotionally mm -hmm. uh, was the fact that I had my husband at the time and I had my child or he was my boyfriend, I think it was my boyfriend at the time and I had my child. So mm -hmm. that's really what, what kept me at that time. I knew I had the support. I see. And when you, when you were uh, driving here in along in the, in the chapter, it also says that you um, were driving and you um, had to, when you got there, you had to build up some uh, clientele when you got to Georgia. You had to build up clientele and in a new salon and all of that. And the situation being in such that you had a little child and you had your boyfriend as your support system. Now, 
how did you wrap your mind around transitioning from, from Michigan all the way down to, to Georgia without knowing where the salon would be and how the clientele would, would be for you in, in that area? And the reason I'm asking you that is because there, there are people that are listening and they're thinking of doing this same thing. So what, what advice would you give them when you didn't know for sure how, how things were going to lay out once you got there? Yeah, it was very rough, I would say, because my, at that time, um, uh, my um, boyfriend at the time didn't have, he didn't have a job and I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. So, but I knew that I could make money off my hands, mm-hmm. could have possibly found a job. Mm-hmm. So it was very, very challenging because I didn't know of any salons. I didn't know anyone in that area. And so I had to actually put myself out there. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and that's one thing that I would say was, was very challenging for me, putting myself out there, networking, where most of the time I'm an introvert. I mm-hmm. had to really start opening up and building relationships. And so I just went walking. I went walking around um, the area. Um, looking for different salons at the time, mm-hmm. um, driving in some cases, but in the, in the area that we were at, mm-hmm. I could easily walk because there were a lot of plazas. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then um, through prayer, God led me to a woman who um, not only allowed me to work at her salon without a license, but then further pushed me to, um, to go hard in my craft because where I'm moving, I'm coming there. I don't have clients. She basically told me, I don't care if you don't have clients. The booth rent is what it is. It's about $200 a week and you have to have that. And so that right there is what really um, pushed me to really go out here and promote myself Mm -hmm. um, stronger than I ever had Mm -hmm. at that time. And so through the promotion and through her pushing me to not only promote myself to get clients, mm-hmm. she also also pushed me to get my um, cosmetology license mm-hmm. and then um, also helped uh, support me through becoming a hair school teacher. So me being led there, it was, um, it was a challenge, mm-hmm. but we got through it. That's great. That's great. And, and that's what I admire about you is your willingness to go hard, even in the face of challenges. Most people would have just thrown in the towel and said, I quit. Mm. But you kept pushing and because you had a dream and you were not going to let that dream die. And you had the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, that was backing that dream up. And God put another person in your life, just like he did here in Kalamazoo when you just made that move. He put Tammy, I was reading here in chapter 16, in your life, and she pushed you. Tammy, she may not have known this, but she was an agent from the Lord, an agent that the Lord had already foreknew that you were going to need when you put your foot down in Covington, Georgia. He already knew that Tammy was being made for such a time as this, that when Lilani walked into her life, she was going to be the person that was going to be the help to navigate you to the next level in which the Lord wanted you on. 
here in chapter 16 is entitled the salon and you have a scripture verse which most of the chapters are started out with a scripture verse that's what i love about this book as well you says a man's gift makes room for him and bringeth him before great men proverbs 18 and 16 I'm going to read just a little bit of six, chapter 16. And you said, while working at the salon, I would network daily by walking around Covington, Georgia, and hopping on the highway in Converse to pass out business cards. I would start passing out business cards from at 8 a.m. And I wouldn't finish until the sun went down. It was hard trying to get new clients. The competition in Georgia was fierce, especially in the hair business. And once I started to gain clientele, I started to feel better about myself and my circumstances. I had hope that things were finally starting to turn around for the better. And I love that, how you started out at 8 a.m. in the morning passing out those business cards. And you didn't quit until what time? Five in the afternoon. So it was like a job to you when you were trying to build your clientele up. And, and when you write even further in the book, you talk a little bit more, like you said, about Tammy, the Tammy, the salon owner, and how she encouraged you to go back to school, get your license, encourage you to know that, yes, you've got to have that roughly $200 a week. She didn't let you slack up. Now, that in itself might have felt unfair to some people because you might say, well, I don't have clientele. Can't you just give me a break? But it is in her pushing and not giving you a break what caused you to go into those areas that lie dormant inside of you to wake those things up and say, now it's time to stand up and put on my good girl panties and run with this thing because somebody's not going to just let me play the victim here. Somebody needs to hear that nugget. You've got to get up from where you are Put on those big girl pennies and push yourself beyond what you can see. Because it's not all about what we can see. And then we do need a Tammy in our lives to push us further than what we can see ourselves. Now, tell us about the time where you said here in the book that you had to wrap your mind around the safety. You said something in chapter, in chapter 16 here that sometimes it wasn't as safe. It was sometimes um, hazardous in the area where you were working and sometimes it was embarrassing as well. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that? At that time, I was working in this salon, but then a lot of times when you get yourself into something, it always looked good in the beginning, always looked good. Mm -hmm. People best foot forward and a lot of times what you want to do you just it looks good or it feels good and you just want to put yourself in it you know just because right. of because you, you're not in too deep right right but right. that situation I got in a little deep because I was then around her all the time um and so in me being around her all the time I seen the things that I liked mm-hmm. salon and what she did and, and then I also seen the things that I didn't like pertaining to the salon um, and the things that she did. So um, it was in that moment, and I talk about it in a book, mm-hmm. where I had to make up in my mind, 
am I willing to deal with the agitations and um, the things that I'm experiencing in the salon? Uh, or am I willing to walk away and move? And because I was going to school to get my hair license and things like that, and I had clientele and not even that, just that, but she was really good at what she did. Mm -hmm. All of the good outweighed the bad mm -hmm. in my situation. And I was actually willing to stay and endure the struggles of the salon mm -hmm. because of the good outweighing the bad. I see. And, and how long did you stay there for, you say? I would say, I would say maybe about, I would say two to three years. I was with Tammy. Mm -hmm. A good little while. A good while. So you would, so you endured. You just didn't. Um, you just didn't walk walk away when things got difficult. You didn't just put your tail between your legs and you just ran away. But you stood there and you endured hardship. The Bible says, like as a good soldier. Sometimes it's in the staying process whereby we actually gain what the Lord is trying to give to us. When we leave a situation too fast, even if it's difficult, even if it's unfavorable, when we pull out of there too fast, oftentimes we miss the blessing in that. And so I'm glad that God gave you the ability to stand. Now, you talked in page in chapter 21, we moved further on down, you talked about how you moved to Cal back to Kalamazoo and you started Dream of Kalamazoo. In chapter 21, you started that out with the scripture from Romans 12 and 12 that says, be joyful in hope, patience in affliction, faithful in prayer. You said frustration, anger, and hurt is what motivated me to gain the courage to step out and start my own business. Before returning to Kalamazoo, you did your homework, which included a call to find out about the availability of commercial rentals and salon suites. I wanted to get an idea of what the startup price would be to open my salon, as well as the cost for the monthly rental. I received lots of return calls. Most places were expensive, except for Salon Suite Off Girl Road in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And you saved up enough money for down payment and you were given the keys to a salon and whereby you started your very first, first business in Kalamazoo. Can you tell me a little bit about that process when you left Covington, Georgia, um, you, um, at that time, you, you and your husband were going through some difficulties and you decided to dissolve your marriage and yet and still you moved to from Covington to Kalamazoo, opened the salon and started a new life here in the city of Kalamazoo. Uh, tell us a little bit about that transition in your life. So at that time, my husband was having some health issues. And so our, we had decided collectively that it was best for us to come back home and be around family. I was okay with it, um, contingent on me being able to open up a salon. So once we got here, we got settled. Um, I went right into working and I opened up the doors of Dream of Kalamazoo in 2012. Mm -hmm. 
I see. And when you you decided to move, you said there were anger and frustration and hurt that motivated you to to start your own business. Where where was the anger, frustration, and hurt coming from? It was coming from a lot of bad experiences from the salons that I was working with. Mm-hmm. It was frustration having to help my husband at the time get through his health issues. I was also pregnant. So mm-hmm. when I moved in 2012, I had I had a I was pregnant. I was nine months pregnant. I was due that second week of November. And so I had a lot of, I was flooded with emotions and flooded with feelings. Mm-hmm. And um, I needed an outlet. And I strongly believe that me doing hair is an outlet for me. Mm-hmm. So I felt like once I opened up that salon, once we were around family, I was able to finally exhale. I see. Yes. And you said further on page 178 in your book, you said that, My husband avoided coming to the salon until it hit him that our marriage was over. That's when he started popping up with flowers in an attempt to try to win my heart back or keep me from leaving. My husband loved me, but I didn't know how to love him. I'm not sure if he knew how to love me in a healthy way either. There was a force keeping us together as well as tearing us apart. Now, tell me about what do you mean about there was a force keeping you together as well as a force that was tearing you apart at that time in in your marriage when it was about to come to an end? I think for me, the, you, you, when you're married and you have that union, um, there's always a part of you that wants to keep it together. And so you feel that immensely, like, no, we're going to stay together. We're going to keep this going. We're going to be together until the end. You feel mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I had a force that was saying, this is, this is not what I want for you. Mm-hmm. And so I had to then go back to the drawing board and figure out, is this something that I put together? Mm-hmm. as a relationship, as a marriage, mm-hmm. or was it something by God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only lies that this union was something that we put together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really from God because mm-hmm. what God puts together, no man can separate that or put that asunder. Okay. So I knew that it was something that I put together can God make that which is cricket straight? Absolutely. Yes, he can. But at that point in my life, I had to go back to the drawing board and 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 realign myself with the truth of the matter. And then in hopes that that truth will guide me to mm-hmm. the road and the path that not only works, but brings me peace. Mm-hmm. So I... We came up with an agreement that that it was best for us to separate because for me, the agitations is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I knew God doesn't bring confusion. And so I had to let go so that God can make that thing straight again. That that makes perfect sense. And I'm going to read further in the book, though. However, you says here that that and I like how you acknowledge this and I like women and everyone listening to hear 
what you said that you said I wasn't perfect. So I want everyone to know that Lalani is not saying she was perfect, nor was he perfect. But you said I wasn't perfect, but my husband wasn't supposed to disrespect me, curse me, talk to other women behind my back, or leave me with no emotional support. There was no encouragement from him about my business, a lack of intimacy even affected my physical relationship with him. So therefore you went to the library, you started doing some research on how to file a divorce. And it was a bit intimidating at first without help from an attorney initially, but you were able to end up hiring an attorney and moving forward. And you and your ex-husband at that time agreed to the divorce and you moved forward. Down further on the bottom of this page, 179, when you all get the book, it reads that Brian and I once were best friends in high school. However, you became the worst of enemies. How could a person that I was supposed to spend the rest of my life with, the person I shared my secrets with, the person I shared so many memories with, intimacy with, suddenly become my worstest enemy. You said I was confused. Tell me a little bit about the confusion that that, that brought on and, and why. Because it was my, because it was my first marriage. Okay. I think that a lot of times we know what we're getting ourselves into. Mm -hmm. And I know I spoke about it earlier as far as things looking so good in the very beginning, even with your feelings and your thoughts about that person. And I feel like we, we don't, we get, we get lost in how we feel at that moment, not thinking about the future, um, not thinking about the future in the way or the manner that we should. Okay. But be we're feeling what we're feeling in those moments, just accept that. And so I felt like in that moment in time, if I would have just waited and if I would have just keep, kept reaching for the direction, maybe got, got counsel mm -hmm. to get a better understanding or maybe learned who Leilani was a little bit more, um, a little bit more deeply, I wouldn't have experienced what I experienced in that magnitude. Mm -hmm. So I went through a flood of emotions and feelings and hurt and pain. I mean, to, to go through a divorce is like, is like a death. That's right a divorce my heart goes out to them that's, that's right. not no easy feat at all that's, that's, that's right <laughs> that's right that's challenging yes and, it is and so um coming out of that um it took a lot it took a lot it took mm -hmm. a lot of counseling it took a lot of therapy it took a lot of soul searching um but I definitely, I couldn't believe that somebody that I had loved after being out of it and mm -hmm. able to go back to reflect on it, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe how something could be so great, but then how you could literally be that person's enemy. That's right. But, that. but, I, but what I can say is, I thank the Lord because even though I went through the, the love in the beginning and then the fighting at the end, mm -hmm. that through prayer, and um, I would say not just just prayer, loose prayer, but intentional prayer for mm -hmm. me, for him, for his family, for me, for my growth, for my family, 
we were able to finally get on that same path and become friends again. So that is good. That's beautiful. And I like the way you said that hindsight. In hindsight, if you would have done some of the things that you didn't do prior to marrying and getting into that relationship, then it would have turned out differently. That that tells me that you are a, a woman with wisdom. And that's what I need our listening audience to hear. There are many women out there and men that have a great deal of wisdom and there are some that are lacking in wisdom. So wisdom, the Bible says, is the principal thing that we've got to get wisdom even before getting that understanding. And I thank God that he gave you the ability to have that hindsight to say that this won't happen again. Yes, it might've happened then, but it won't happen again. And I like the idea that you're not just blaming one person. You're saying it was all his fault and all, but we're taking, it's a shared risk and a shared blame. And I, myself, you know, as, as a, uh, as a, a woman of, of, a clergy, a, a minister and, and an elder in the in the in the church. You know, I know what the Bible talks about about divorce and that that it is um it is initially frowned upon, but however the Lord does allow divorce in certain situations, meaning if there is uh, someone is being physically abused or someone is having an affair on the other person, he allows for that person to separate and divorce divorce out of that situation. And I just wanted to be clear on that, that that is the view that, that, I, that I do take on, on that situation. And I know for sure that myself, I've, I've gone through a divorce myself. My, I had three children and I was a single mom. My youngest one, when I went through the divorce, was only nine months old. And as you said, it was traumatic. It was like a death in itself. And I did have a biblical, a biblical divorce is what I'm calling it. It was based on one of the, um, one of the, um, the principles of why the Lord allows you to leave that, that divorce, that situation. And I did go through several months, if not almost a year of counseling prior to leaving the whole situation behind and put some closure there. And just like you, I was once an enemy of the person, but now we are the best of friends, along with my current husband is yet a friend of of my ex-husband as well. And so we all get along very well. And that's a God thing. So we want to make certain that those in our listening audience know, too, that we're not condoning and pushing you to move into the area of divorce. We want you to seek the Lord and seek the principles of what he says about divorce and when he allows divorce and handle it that way through a professional and through your relationship with the Lord. Now, in reflection, as we conclude our conversation in the very back part of your book, it's all toward the back if those that will purchase the book. It's on page number 244. And Lalani, you talked about reflection. You talked about surviving the foster care and adoption system. You said it was very difficult. You said at times it felt that no one truly cared enough to show me and help me to understand what it was to be a child. No one helped me get through the trauma that that I was experiencing, even as a young woman feeling abandoned and alone. My brother, 
was a sense of security for me, however, and you strive to become the person that you are today. You said eventually you grew up and to become a young lady who took care of yourself and who opened a business and who now is able to be a witness to your relatives and those around you. By allowing God to take total control of your life, you have been able to be a blessing to not only yourself, but to others. And that you said that the Lord has allowed you to be a bright person, bright in the way in which your paths are being able to be navigated along with growth, along with confidence, along with being able to rest assured that God has your whole life under his control and it's moving forward. And I thank God for that. Now you are a business owner, once again, of Kalamazoo, of Kalamazoo, excuse me, I've lost the name of your salon, Kalamazoo, uh, gee, I'm having a brain fart. Tell me dream. the name of your salon. Dream, dream of Kalamazoo Hair Salon. That's right, of Dream of Kalamazoo Hair Salon. Now she is a business owner. She is an author. She's a single mother of three wonderful boys. And I thank and praise God for that, that right now as a CEO of Dream of Kalamazoo, which is a professional uh, salon service, you have people that are working alongside of you in the salon. You said you enjoy doing hair. It actually is an outlet for you that you are able to create fascinating hairstyles simply out of something that is just barely, sometimes barely there. You're able to take a person's hair and make it into a masterpiece and make them feel beautiful on the inside first and then on the outside. Your, your debut book, once again, I've already made it, has inspired you to speak to more people about your life and your life experiences. And you are dedicated to helping others um, fight to climb high in life beyond those closed doors. To learn more about Lalani and how to purchase her book or how to book her for speaking engagements, whereby she's gone into foster care uh, systems, into school systems, into certain agencies, churches or whatnot, and given her life talk, she is available if you reach out to her via www.lalani.com. Also, you can purchase a copy of her book from Amazon simply by typing in the title, I've already made it. You can purchase the book as well as the workbook. It is available to you at, at a minimum cost. And I would encourage you not to only purchase one for yourself, but purchase several as gifts to give away here at Christmas time. It's Black Friday coming up. Maybe she'd give you a deal on a couple <laughs> books. You never know if you reach out to her. She just might. Now, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listening audience that I didn't share, Lalani? Yes, there is something. I want to just share with you guys in life, especially nowadays with social media, is so easily 
um, you're so easily able to get get swayed off of your path in life. And that's because we're looking at this person, we're hearing this person do this. And so a lot of times you can get sidetracked mm-hmm. um, and, it's, it's, it, and it's kind of hard to um, bring it in and really take the time out for you and figuring out what you need, what you need to be doing and what direction and path that you need to be on. And so I just encourage you as an individual and I encourage myself daily to make sure that I take time out to um, quiet the noise that's around me and actually take the time out to hear what I'm supposed to do in the direction that I'm supposed to go and what I'm feeling in my spirit, man, because ultimately it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing because a lot of times their path is not necessarily the right path, but yet it looks good. Right. And that path that looks good can be destructive on their end, but yet we don't see the destruction that's going on. All we're seeing is the pretty picture. And so what I, what I um, want to just put out there is to just take time to get to know who you are as a person as an individual, as a mother, as a sister, as a brother, and just figure out what it is your purpose and destiny is while you're here. And we just have to quiet the noise and we will get that direction if we reach for it. We just got to reach for it and ask for it and we will get it and be patient. So figure it out, figure out what your purpose is, figure out what you need to do, not looking at nobody else. And I promise you, you will succeed. Thank you. Thank you so much. And most importantly, keeping the Lord first in all of that. And that's how you started out saying this entire discussion. You have made certain to know that the Lord was there the whole time. It's like a pattern. You know, the pattern that you have on your beaded necklace, you have some green and then then you have some orange and you have another green. That pattern, well, the Lord is just like that. He's always there, like in a pattern. And you talk so beautifully about how he never left you and you always kept him first. So when she says at the end, concluding, that make sure you're, seeking and you're reaching make sure and you're reaching and seeking that you have the lord jesus first lalani thank you so much for sharing with us so transparently your some of your story we want to be certain to purchase this book i've already made it by lalani will height purchase the book so that you can read her entire story and be motivated and changed and blessed and inspired by it. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for blessing us today. You are truly a lotus flower. A flower blooming out of adversity and coming out unscathed and smelling with so much fragrance that it fills the air wherever your feet touch. You fill the air with a beautiful fragrance. Thank you. Thank you. You are amazing, Dr. Pamela. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Would you mind praying us out? Oh, absolutely. 
Dear Holy Father, I thank you, Father, for this afternoon to be able to be on this podcast with Dr. Pamela. I appreciate you for being present, Father. I pray, Father, that as we exit this podcast, Father, that you protect us, order our steps. In all these things I ask in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye for now. Yes. Thank God for Lalani. Thank God for Lalani Wilhite. What a beautiful testimony of God's grace and God's mercy and God's goodness and his faithfulness toward us. Yes, we want you to know that once again, you can purchase Lalani Wilhite's book, I've already made it on Amazon.com. Simply type in the title and the book will come up, as well as the companion workbook that is available to you. They make good Christmas gifts, so not only purchase one, but purchase several. I want you to know to be sure to subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, you'll automatically receive the newest edition of the podcast as soon as it's released. You may listen to the podcast on the following robust, feature-rich platforms. Spotify, Reason FM, Amazon Music Podcast, Google Podcasts, Reason.com, and Wix.com. Thank you for joining us today. May God richly bless you and yours. Mm -hmm.